Blog Talk Radio. intersectionality at work. First time we've ever talked about that here. And it was concerned about the fact that if you're a member of a minority, you have different interests than the other people in the office. For instance, if you're from Liechtenstein, you like speaking Liechtensteinian, but nobody else does, right? And you like music from Liechtenstein, but no one else can talk to you about it. And you're interested in all of the news about Liechtenstein, but no one in the office besides you gives a hoot about that, right? No one even gets your jokes because they all refer to things in Liechtenstein. So what happens? You have to bury your real self when you go to work, and that makes you sick in body as well as mind. And not only that, your political interests are different, too, because people from Liechtenstein, they like to live in extended families. So you don't share everybody's concern about government-funded daycare. You're worried about the future of NATO, okay? It was a long article, but I don't remember any suggestions for a solution to that problem. But look, our guest today comes from Krakow, and she worked in London for a couple of years, so maybe she knows something on Jerry Jarrett! The recruiting animal! here <laughs> he, he says he's always here right he's not here i don't care okay look at least i'll have a chance to thank my sponsors uh martin snyder of pc recruiter the swiss army knife of recruiting software nin tran over at hired tool h-i-r-e-t-u-a-l the super duper sourcing tool and nick livingston of honet h-o-n-e-i-t the phone interview technology today we have a wonderful guest i've admired for many years she has uh an impish look with uh i don't know what that short haircut it's called for but it's something like uh a little fairy like uh peter pan what's tinkerbell would have anyway her name is cassia borovich did i say that right cassia yeah almost that old you tell me (laughs) Uh, 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 tell me how to say it borovich Borovitz, okay, uh, but we're not going to have to say that too long because you're changing your name to Cassia Tang, right? T-A-N-G. Yes, yes, yes I am. Okay, yeah, but the thing is, why why would a modern woman take on a husband's last name? Uh, is it just because Tang is so much easier you're going to be happy to have a name that people can spell? Is that is that the logic there? Yeah, it's just one of the many reasons. Also, a different reason is there's a model uh, that I share my current name with. So it will be nice to be the only Google result for a change. Um, I guess that's another okay, reason. Enough with that. Enough with that. I'm going to give everybody your Twitter name if they want to criticize you yep. while you're on this show. <laughs> it's a toughie. K-M-B-O-R-O-W-I-C-Z. K-M Borowitz. That's how we're going to say it. K.M. Barwitz. I want to borrow something. Okay. Anyway, uh, and as I as I announced on Twitter, Tang is also the famous breakfast drink of the astronauts. So you've got that going for you as well. Uh, let me just refer back to my introduction, which I rarely have a chance to do. Did you? You're from Krakow in Poland. Did you suffer from intersectionality when you were uh, a woman working in London, as you did for many years? Uh, I don't think so. But would I no? know it? I don't. Is it something that people know? 
I was never very interested in Polish stuff, so maybe that's why I never felt it like that. Okay, what about, did you have any Me Too moments when you were there? Not really, no. What about in Poland? Have you had any Me Too moments on the job? Sorry? Me Too. Do you know what Me Too is? Yeah, yeah, but uh, I'm sorry, what about... Did you did have, you have you ever or... had a Me Too moment? Yeah, not... Really? No, Can you tell really. us about it? Very disappointing. Can you t- tell us about it? What, but I, it never happened, so... Oh, you did really it? Really, just nothing to... Really? Wow. No. Okay. Okay, next, we'll get into the important questions. Just let me uh, see if anybody's here that I should open the lines for. Okay, yeah, some people have joined in. Okay, so big question, number one on the job. Is it okay to wear flip-flops to an interview? I think the recruiter should tell a candidate whether it is or not. I've been in a role where uh, I, I actually got in trouble because one of my candidates showed up in a suit, and I was expected to tell him it's more of a flip-flop culture. So. Okay, so, you know, I get in trouble for posting grooming articles on my uh, articles about grooming on my, my Facebook group, and there's people who say recruiters have no business at all telling people, candidates, what they should wear. You support me. You don't support those people. Am I right? You know, <laughs> flip-flops don't work everywhere. Suits don't work everywhere, right? It- I think it depends on the company. That being said, I think the candidate has to have a choice of choosing whatever they feel most comfortable with, but they have to be informed about what that choice will look like for the company, you know, what okay, the reaction well, might be. How would you put it? Would you just say, look, no flip-flops? Would you just tell them bluntly like that? No flip-flops, no suits, or wear a suit and a tie, or, or else don't go. Is that how you would put it to them? What would you say? I would say this is what we usually expect our candidates to dress like for an interview. Uh, Also, this is what you can expect the hiring manager to wear to the interview. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. And what if you hear back from the hiring manager? What if you hear back from the hiring manager after you told the guy or the woman to wear a suit, right? This person came wearing flip-flops. Okay, what would you say to the candidate? (laughs) Hello? Are you still there? You lost her. Yeah. I think I did. Mike, what would you say? <laughs> what would you, I would say, are you crazy? I told you, no flip-flops. Yeah, well, I, I, what would you say? If you, I guess it depends on where you're applying, but certain organizations, you, you have a, a certain expectation, and um, it's not very difficult to research what type of organization it is. Yeah, okay. Now, here's my point. Afterwards, like, I would try to get the person uh, to go back with, with the proper clothing. Would you try that? Would you talk to the hiring manager, give him a second chance? I don't know what got into him. No. But second Katia, chance you there again? Really work very well. What happened, Katya? What happened? I don't, don't know. But uh, would it change anything if they came back in a suit? Would that change would they, like, the way they would reply to questions? I, I don't know. Maybe. That okay, so that's your reason? answer. That's your answer. Forget it. One strike and you're out. Next question. Should a chatbot, you know what a chatbot is, right? Yep. You go to all the conferences. You know what a chatbot is, right? Yes. Okay. So a candidate comes, submits a resume. The chatbot's a machine. It can scan the resume immediately and tell us, you know, if this person's suitable or not. Should it just tell the candidate immediately or the applicant, rather, you're no good. Forget about it. Uh, or should it wait? Should there be a delay? I don't think that's what chatbots do exactly, but if that is the case, then why not? I don't see okay, a reason so why not. Okay, so just deliver it. Sorry, this is a no-go. What, what, what should the chatbot actually say? What words should the chatbot use? Well, it depends okay, on why the candidate is rejected. If this is not a position that you're suitable for, then just say that. Okay, good. Oh, good. Okay. Any anybody else want to comment on that about chatbots rejecting people then and there as soon as they apply? Anybody? Anybody got an interest? No. Okay. Chatbots are hot. All the people <laughs> called in, they don't want to talk about chatbots. Okay, fine. I don't care. Okay. What LinkedIn plan do you recommend? You're you're a recruiting trainer. We didn't say that, but 
do you do people say, listen, Cassia, what LinkedIn plan should I buy? Come on. Well, what do you say? I don't make those recommendations very often. I haven't paid for LinkedIn ever since my first job ever when my company paid for it uh, for a couple of months. I live with a free account and I'm happy. Really? A free account? So, so what do you do? Do you, do you uh, do searches through Google? Is that what you primarily do? Well, now you're a trainer, so maybe you don't have to do a lot of searches. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't do a lot of searches, but when I do them, I have enough you know, to, uh, to actually show people inside of LinkedIn. Uh, that's fine. If they have a LinkedIn recruiter account, we usually use their account for training. Um, and I will, frankly, I don't really. Okay, so, so that, it's just irrelevant for you. Nobody, you're, a, you're a consultant, and nobody says, Cassia, which account should I buy? I can't believe it, okay? But if you say so, what can I say? Okay, here, what are your favorite Chrome extensions? I, I want people to, you know, I've been asking tougher questions lately. I, now I'm re- going to the simple, simple ones. I want people to get quick takeaways about flip-flops. Now, favorite Chrome extensions. What are your favorite Chrome extensions? My absolute favorite one is Calendly because yep. I'm very disorganized, and that allows me to manage it a little bit. Um, uh-huh. I like Luminify. Or if what? I ever have what? a need. I didn't Lumina understand 5. the second one. Sound problem. What did you say? Uh, Lumina 5. That's L-U-M-E-N 5. Lumen 5. What does that do? Oh, the, uh, you know what? That's actually not a Chrome extension uh, now that I think of it. But it is a, a tool that allows you to convert text into video. What? How do you convert text into video? <laughs> Basically, you put it on slides and you add a little bit of like some images or a little bit of video, and that's how it works. It's mainly just to trick the LinkedIn algorithm because they will promote video over images. Okay. Does anybody else on the line know anything about Lumen 5, or does that sound interesting to anybody? No. Okay. Never used Next. it. I, I, no. Looks Go ahead, Michael G. Cox. Yeah. Have you, have you I've encountered never it? Used it? But I'll, I'll, I just clicked on a YouTube video to learn about it. Okay, good. Uh, have you ever seen the famous video with Maureen and Jerry cartoons? That's what this is reminding no. me about. They talk like robots. Jerry and Maureen are arguing about sourcing. Everybody should see it. It's one of the. I've I've been in social media for over ten years, and that is one of the classics of all time. I'll, I'll post it to in the my group tomorrow if I remember. Okay, what about uh, recruiting on Twitter? You, you you were involved. You teach social media recruiting. Am I right, Cassia? Yes or no? No. No. <laughs> I don't believe that's true. I, I see social media all over your, your website and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. because so, it's something I like, but it's not necessarily what I teach people. And in Poland, I don't know anyone who has successfully used Twitter for recruiting ever. No? You can, no. You can really? add the rest of the world to that list. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay, boy. I'm going through. What about ads? What about ads on Facebook? If you're recruiting, Facebook is famous for having fairly inexpensive ads that you can target very well at the audience you're interested in. Do you uh, endorse uh, using ads, uh, job ads on Facebook when you're doing a search? Uh, well. Why not? But the thing is, most of the recruiters I train are not allowed anywhere near the company Facebook page, and they can't run ads. It's usually the marketing team who will be in charge of that. So I have to help them figure out different ways of getting to their candidates. Okay. Look, it looks like I'm going up, barking up the wrong tree. Uh, everything I'm I have a question. You have the... Yeah, go ahead. So, Cassie, if you if you do not promote... If you're not consult and you're consulting, if you don't recommend a paid LinkedIn account, and the people can't really use Facebook, and I agree with you on Twitter, what do you do when you train? What do you what? How do you train, and what do you what do you promote, and what what do you how do you how do you train them? Right. So basically, first of all, we look at the tools they have. So if they do have a LinkedIn recruiter account, we will obviously use it, but uh, we also just try to. Um, 
well, look at other sources available in their area. Recently, I've been very focused on uh, IT recruiting just because it's easier to source. So uh, I guess, obviously, you would look at GitHub or Stack Overflow, or in Poland, we have this anonymous forum that can also be used. Um, and then there's Meetup, which Meetup is huge in Poland. What? What is it? Meetup. Meetup. Oh, meet up. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Continue. Okay. Or is that, it? Is are, that the full answer these, to his question? <laughs> these are the main ones. The thing is, there's no recruiter who's going to use five different platforms on a daily basis. So usually it's about finding one or two additional sources that they can use and showing them what to do to get more out of LinkedIn. Okay. Do you only, so work, you on, do you only work on LinkedIn or do you – dive deep into the web to find your your people uh i don't rec i don't usually do that during training just because that is not something that people can actually learn in eight hours it will seem complicated and they will not want to do it later on when i'm not in the room sorry what, what is it they don't want to do like, what, what was your question kathy kathy i missed it i i, I, I I asked her if she used any other platform other than LinkedIn, like if she used um, a deep web search or anything like that. And she said Didn't that she it just would say be she uses Git, she Git, Git, GitHub and Stack Overflow and, and uh, Meetup? It sounds like it was a major focus. Like I didn't hear anything about sourcing like convention lists or company data or, you know, and that's not that hard to teach, I don't think. Like just one little tip in the eight hours. Um, yeah, they're, they're not Americans, okay? You have to judge the rest of the world differently than, than your That's own country. True. Come on, be, be diverse. Okay. I think also I the sort of data that's available to source in Poland is different than, uh, and in Europe generally, is different than in the U.S. And I find a lot of the sourcing advice uh, that comes out of the U.S. isn't applicable in Poland. So I think that might be why. Uh, typically, I will try to teach people more local stuff. Like, you can find um, personal blogs. A lot of programmers will have personal blogs in Poland, or at least a website. So it's uh, teaching people to use uh, Boolean search to find blogs or teaching them that if someone is on a contract, then you can find their company information, which is their personal information in this case, uh, in a, a government database. So it's things like that. It's very easy. It's, people can learn it quickly, and they see results very quickly as well. Okay. Are you, a, are you an expert Boolean search? Uh, hold on one sec. Kathy, I've got an idea. I'm going to – Next week, I'm going to – I don't know who's making this static on the line, but I'm going to send you a direct connect, okay? okay. So you can, try, you can try calling in a different way. What's your, what's your extension today, 619? Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to test it, okay, if that noise okay. comes back. Okay, I don't okay. like cutting you off. You're, you're, you're no, the famous okay. Kathy, okay? That's I don't okay. want to cause you problems. But no if there's problem. a better route, okay, I'm okay. very interested in it. Okay. okay. Now, okay. Cassia. Cassia. Yep. Yes. Okay. Okay. What about recruiting on Reddit? I didn't hear you mention that. And that Wim Damon, he <laughs> says it's great. Have you ever tried it? No, I haven't. I don't like Reddit myself. And if you don't like something, it's very difficult to make it work for you. So I've never, I've, I've never actually had the the need. That being said, we have a Polish version of Reddit. So, again, I think you would need to use the local source, if anything. Okay, but you, you recruited, when you were in England, were you only recruiting uh, for Polish jobs, or were you recruiting for, for jobs in, in the U.K.? <laughs> I was barely recruiting at all. What were you doing? I had, like, maybe three or four roles to recruit for during my time in the U.K. My uh, employment history is one big disaster, so it's just... I've never actually had that many roles to source for hey, hey, I when nobody, I was in I mean, this is how, how do you get jobs if you go around telling people that your job history is a disaster? <laughs> I, I'm not looking for a job, so I guess that makes it fine. <laughs> okay, you're getting married, and you, you figure your husband's going to support you. Okay, fine, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. I, I, if I would have known that, I would have used it in the intro. <laughs> you would have used it in the intro. Okay. Wow. Okay. How, how did you learn? How did you learn your Boolean? How did you learn Boolean search? By reading blogs about it. That's it. And yep, pretty much, and just experimenting a little bit by myself. Okay, and so how would you? Where would you grade yourself on a scale of one to ten? With ten being the super duper uh, Boolean expert. I think around six. Don't be modest, okay? Imagine you're conceited. <laughs> what would you give yourself, okay? You're too modest, okay? What would you give okay. yourself? Right. Okay. Maybe then a seven. Um, but uh, I think I'm not the best sorcerer in the world. I am a, a good teacher. So there's a lot of amazing sorcerers who don't have the ability to actually show other people how to source. This is something I'm, I'm much better at. Okay. So you, but you didn't feel the need then to take any uh, sourcing courses yourself. You just read, what, what did you read? Glenn Cathy's blog? Uh, yeah, that is like a Bible to us in Poland. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so there's a lot of different blogs that I probably wouldn't be able to recall right now. I did take the social talent training, but if I'm honest, I don't think it helped me much in terms of Boolean sourcing. Uh-huh. Okay. Anybody want to critique her? Any Anybody want to talk? No? Okay, she's so modest. Okay, <laughs> I told her. I told her before she comes on this show, she's got to pep it up, you know, be angry, okay? Tell us what you don't like. And she said she's got some topics. We'll come back to that. But first, I'm going to tell you about Hire Tool. I feel like I'm one of those celebrities on TV advertising coffee. Anyway, Hire Tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, is as popular as coffee in the recruiting world. It is a super-duper sourcing tool. Let me tell you how it works. You go to HireTool.com. You put in your search requirements in normal English. I mean, you maybe you're only a six in Boolean string, okay? You don't have to worry about that. Maybe you're only a two. You put in your search in normal English. It does a search for you. It creates the Boolean string. It searches LinkedIn, GitHub, Stack Overflow, whatever you want, tons of searches. Uh, it brings everything back to you in a list, a ranked list of candidates. Uh, tells you, who, you know, guesses what their salaries are. It guesses uh, who's most ready to leave, uh, and it also uh, supplies quite a bit of. Uh, uh, contact information, personal and business, phone numbers, and email addresses, okay? So go check it out. They've had some really great webinars lately, too, okay? So keep your eyes open for those. They have more coming at HireTool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L dot com. And so, uh, Cassia, when you go out to teach uh, a recruiting team something, do you teach them uh, a wide range of these uh tools to get contact information? Do you, is that the kind of stuff you offer? I don't I don't actually teach about those at all. Why not? Because usually the company <laughs> makes the decision to invite me so that they don't have to pay for additional tools. Now, there are no free tools that I would actually recommend to do this. I think uh, recruiters should learn to convince their companies to invest in those but this is something that they should do after the training because there's just not enough time. Okay. Okay. So what about e- emails? Do you teach them how to contact people? Yeah. Yes. Y- yes? You didn't sound concerned. Yeah. Uh, that's not <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is that like yes means no or what? I mean, do you, do you tell them how to do – you, do, you, do you recommend phoning people directly to recruit them? Yes or no? No. In Poland, Why phoning not? people directly – in Poland, phoning people directly has a horrible history. We have a lot of marketers doing it, doing it very badly. And also because of GDPR, if you're not able to explain where you got the phone number, you're liable. So, and people actually don't make their phone numbers available. Okay. Well, what if you call the, the front desk of the company and say, I want to speak to Joe Blow, and they put you through? That's different, and I did that when I was recruiting in the U.K. uh, for investment banking. But that being said, again, in Poland, uh, people are a little bit skeptical. People tend to freak out if you call them at their desk because they think their company is monitoring every single call they get. 
So it's probably just not the best is that because they, they used to be a communist country? I mean, the, obviously the company isn't monitoring every call, is it? I don't think it is. I don't think okay. they care. Okay, okay. So, so okay, that takes out the next question is off the books. Then voicemail, I don't have to ask you because they're not phoning. Okay, well, so what about uh, emails? You recommend emails, yes or no? Yes. Okay, so how much pre-contact research do you do you know there's the people who do 20 minutes of scanning for blogs you said a lot of these it people have in poland have blogs do you you know do a lot of research and find out what their favorite hobbies are they like chess they like knitting and then or they like camping and then you send a, an email that talks about camping is that what you recommend not not Really, not very often. Uh, people, I don't know, people in Poland rarely mix those things up. So if they have a website available, it's going to talk about them professionally, not about their hobbies. Uh, it's very unlikely you're going to find information about someone's hobbies. If they make that available, sure. Why not think about how you can introduce that in an information? But a lot of recruiters will do that in a very creepy way. So <laughs> it's probably not recommended. Okay, so then, now, so you're all business. What goes in the subject line of a recruiting email for you? I would recommend omitting the the subject line altogether. What? <laughs> so it says no subject. Poland. Yes. It says no subject when it. Go ahead. Yes, because uh, most people in Poland will have a Gmail email address, right, for their private communication. So that means if they have the app on their phone, if there is no email, uh, no subject line, then uh, the app will show you the first lines of the email instead. Uh-huh. Okay. So and how do you message. get? How do you get the email? Since you you, you recommend email, but uh, you know how, how do you recommend? You don't you you don't recommend any of these contact information finders. How do you get the email address? Do you to teach teach that at all? Uh, yes. So basically what I would recommend is if you can find someone online, you can probably do a cross-reference check. So you can check if they are available on different platforms. For emails, you can find a lot of them on GitHub. Uh, so it's a simple trick to extract the email address. And also in Poland, again, because we use Gmail, uh, it's possible to very often guess the email address. It's going to be the first name, last name, at gmail.com. Mm, mm, okay. You know what? Like, uh, imagine, that, you know, you're going to get married. You're going to have to fight with this guy sometimes. You can't be nice all the time, okay? I want you to bring that <laughs> fighting voice to this show, okay? Just imagine I'm your, your husband and you're mad at me, okay? I want you to bring that passion to the show, okay? okay. Anybody agree with there me here? Go. She's too nice. She too, don't swear. I'm not advising you to swear. Last time I told someone that, he started swearing. He got in trouble. Okay? I'm not telling you to swear, even in Polish. Anybody got a question for her? Come on. There's a lot of smart people on the show. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, she's not getting excited by the stuff I'm talking about. Anybody else want to talk? No? Uh, I'm curious. No? Uh, so you're, you're a, she's a, a, a recruiting trainer, is that right? Yeah, yep. you, you're just getting that, Michael. Michael G. Cox. Hey, you have to ask that question. Yeah, sorry. So, um, where do you generate your new business? How are you doing that? It's all uh, inbound. Basically, I write a blog in Polish about sourcing. A lot of it is just um, technical stuff as to how do you, I don't know, how do you post a good update on LinkedIn or how do you find contact details on GitHub, things like that. And uh, between that and a recruiting community I run in Poland, I am lucky enough not to have to sell. Oh yes, she I'm has a Facebook group for uh, she has a Facebook group for recruiters that's got about three yep. or four thousand people in it, right? And they're all Polish. Am 3, I right 000, about yep. that, Cassia? Okay, I got to tell you, Mike, Polish, she's yeah. she's hot stuff. Okay, she wears tight pants at at uh, recruiting conferences. People are all, <laughs> all they're after her. Okay. So uh, I, 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 I'm gonna guess that from the uh, from from the group, most of your referrals must come from your own group. Am I right about that? Yes. 
Very often, a recruiting manager will call me up. They have no idea who I am, but they will say, my entire team is talking about you. Why don't you come over and trade them? Wow. Isn't that terrific? I'm very impressed. Yeah, okay. Okay, what about in in the body of the email? What goes into the body of a recruiting email? I think uh, that really depends on what you feel comfortable. That is one thing that I will tell people because very often they are taught to just be very corporate robots um, in Poland. Uh, We're not trusted to come up with our own messages. So I will tell people that they need to be comfortable with what they write, but I will usually tell them there are two aspects that you need to convey to the candidate that you understand. So you need to show them that, like, what's interesting about the role for them. And you do that based on what you know about their previous roles. And you need to show why the company will be interesting. And also you do that based on what you know about their previous companies that they come from. Very often you have very limited information about a candidate on their LinkedIn profile or anywhere else. So as much as I love all those blogs about how you can personalize an email, sending someone something that you know they're passionate about. Okay, Very uh, often what, you just don't what's have actually in it? You're telling us what we already discussed, if you remember two yeah. minutes ago, what's not in it. We know that, you know, Flaming Hot Cheetos, you're not talking about that. What actually goes in it? You, you said it sounds like you guys are robotic. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's what we are told to do. Yeah, what, it, what words are used, Okay. Uh, Me, personally, I would always start a message with uh, just introducing myself. Uh, That means explaining what I do. I always have the title of sourcing specialist, so I would have to say, hi, I'm Kasha. I'm in charge of finding candidates for uh, my company. Um, This is a role that I'm currently working on. Uh, I've seen that you've done previously, you've done similar things, but in this role, you will get to work with a tool I don't think you're currently using at your company. Is that something that could be interesting? As simple as that. Okay. Did you say your name is Kasia, not Cassia? Am I calling you the wrong name? Yeah, it's fine. It's Either way, it's fine. It's Kasia. I'll call you Kasia. I love Kasia. Okay. <laughs> I'll call you Kasia. That'll be your nickname for me, okay? Okay. So what about uh, the idea that easy applications online are bad. Okay, you're not a corporate recruiter, maybe you don't have an opinion, but these one-click applications, everybody is always saying that, you know, really the recruiters uh, should apply to their own companies, you know, the screening process is too difficult, it's turning people off, and yet if it's too easy, they start complaining that they're getting tons of junk because, uh, you know, it, it doesn't take any effort. Any loser says, oh, I'll apply for 10 jobs in a minute. Bang, bang, bang. Do you have any I don't you, think that's advice? Why, I, I don't think it's the problem lies with one-click applications. I think the problem lies with most job ads are completely useless. Uh, they're not job ads at all. They're descriptions, but there's nothing in there that's compelling at all for people. And also because people know that they're not going to hear back from a company, they tend to apply to every single role that they think they might be even remotely suitable for in the hopes of maybe hearing from one company out of a hundred. Okay. So you're blaming so, that on, on the recruiters because they, they don't, they don't reply. Okay, fine. Cop out, cop out. Non-answer. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> I don't think, uh, I, I don't blame recruiters for not replying. I blame recruiters for not realizing how easy it is to reply to every single person. You can get an automatic message just to say, Hey, we did get your application. So if you don't hear from back from us, it's because we don't want to talk to you. However you phrase that, you know, it's a message that you can actually send out automatically to every single person. Instead, yeah. If you don't you hear from us immediately, we don't want to talk to you. Okay, That's, I like that. Alan Fleur, do you have any questions? You're still on the line? Mm-hmm. Alan. I'm here. Well, ask a tough question. I don't really question. have any questions. Okay, I'm, just, I'm just listening. I like to, I like to get her worked up. Oh, okay. you, all right. You want me to get her worked up? I'll get her worked up. Yeah. All right. On, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On the reply, on, on that email reply, Cassia, is that yeah. through an applicant tracking system or is it through it's Outlook? Kasia, okay? It's Kasia, Alan. She just said, wake <laughs> up, okay? It's not Cassia. I was wrong. It's Kasia. My, my deepest apologies, Kasia. <laughs> so is it, are you talking about doing that through an applicant tracking system or are you talking about doing that through Outlook? 
I am talking about doing it through an applicant tracking system. I believe that it is now necessary to have one in Europe because of GDPR, because you need to be able to show people exactly what's happening with their data. That being said, I know of companies that aren't using it, and I think it's a horrible mistake. True, and I agree with you that they should be able to create auto templates. Next question is, what in when you get called by somebody, I saw everybody's talking about you, et cetera, what do you see are the most common issues that these teams suffer from and need the most improvement in? Um, so the thing that the managers would complain about is people don't want to try new things or experiment, which is a direct result of how those teams are managed because there's a very strict process that they need to follow. So naturally, they will be reluctant to experiment over time. Um, and I think from my perspective, the biggest problem is that recruiters don't like to stand up to companies. They don't like to take ownership of the way they work, and they will agree to do anything. Uh, you know, like they will agree to do things the way the company wants them to do uh, recruiting instead of saying, actually, I'm signing my name under a message to the candidate, so we're going to do the process my way. So okay. you're yeah. saying that Polish recruiters are not very disruptive. Is that what you're saying, Alan? Doesn't it sound like that to you? They just follow orders. It, 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 it does a little bit, but also I'm wondering if because of GDPR and potentially maybe even the cultural business norms in Poland, if they're, that's why they're afraid. They're afraid because if they try something new, are they going to either A, run into GDPR, or number two, their boss might be jerky and be fearful of that. Therefore, they'd rather not try at all. Yeah, you know, it I sounds think awful. Both, yeah, I know, I but I do have a second question when we could do. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kasia. Kasia, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say, so the thing is, there's a lot of international companies here, and Polish people are always treated a little bit worse. Uh, I certainly felt that when I worked for a British company in Poland. And what's more, I actually was told later on by the recruiters I worked with that they were told that Polish people can only follow very simple advice, you know, very simple processes, and you need to tell them exactly what to do because they shouldn't be allowed to think for themselves. So it's that sort of cultural issue that we're having with international companies that will train most of the recruiters on the market because you need to get your experience somewhere and it's probably going to be a larger corporation before you end up being an in-house recruiter at a smaller Polish company. So by that time... Okay. So I don't know if so, you're telling us that the, these international companies are right, that Polish people uh, have to be guided very strictly uh, if you're trying to recruit them. Is that what you're telling us? No, she's just uh, saying Even that the, the recruiters the general, have to be have a rigid no. system... Is that what she's saying? I don't know what she's saying. No, what she's saying, what she's saying is the general perception in Poland is that the people in Poland feel that they're treated like second-class citizens from the global corporations. That's how she's been describing them herself. Okay, is not I'm just very creative. Here. They're they're rigid. Uh, that's how I, I'm picking up from, from what she's saying. Okay, yeah, got to move on. Hey, got to move on. I got to do an ad for PC Recruiter. Hey, everybody, do you know what people love about PC Recruiter? Configurable. That, that's right, Mike. Do you know what All distinguishes right, okay. PC Recruiter from other recruiting <laughs> software? He said it to work. He's right. PC Recruiter is configurable. And do you know what that means? Okay, even if you're from another country, it means PC Recruiter doesn't impose its own workflow management style on you. It lets you make the software do what you want it to, not what some propeller head up in head office thinks it should do. No, it puts the power of its recruiting software in your hands. Here's an example. PC Recruiter has a candidate presentation feature. You send an email to your client. It contains a link that goes to a profile of the candidate, and you build that profile yourself. It shows the clients what you want them to see. The page has your branding on it, and it lets the client grade the candidate right there and leave comments for you. So go, please, check it out at pcrecruiter.com. Net. Now, listen, Cassia, you've not only spoken to me, you've spoken to Alan, a tough guy. You've spoken to Michael G. Cox, and believe me, he's soft-spoken, but he's tough. He gets under your skin. Kathy, very tough. They're all recruiting animal show veterans, okay? 
what are you going to go away and say, oh, they didn't ask me this, they asked me that, I'm going to complain about this. What do you want to hear from us for the next, the next 20 minutes on the show? Come on. I got lots of, I got lots of questions. I want to know what you want to talk about. Well, right now, the ma- major drift you've given us, it's just what Alan was saying, is that, that, the, uh, that the Polish recruiters are very rigid. The companies don't give them a lot of leeway. They don't want creativity. There's GDPR is a straitjacket. I would hate to be a recruiter in Europe with that kind of regimen. What, uh, you know, that's my big takeaway from today. What, what, what do you want to talk about that we haven't talked about so far? Kasia, still there? Am, am I am I still on the show? Am I still, am I still on? Can you hear me now? You guys are yeah. both on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I think the most important thing is uh, people can be trained to either take risks and be creative or not to. And I don't think we have a uh, an environment right now in Poland where people are allowed to think for themselves or do what they think is necessary. And I think it's, uh, it's not uh, just, I mean, I think it's just about recruiting uh, as an industry. Because you don't see accountants being told how to do accounting, but you see recruiters being told how to do recruiting all the time because everyone thinks they can do it themselves if they wanted to, even if they can't. And I think recruiting is a skill set, but it takes a very specific type of people to do it. Um, and the people who are right now in those roles might not necessarily be the ones who should be recruiting. Okay. Wow. I hope you, I hope your your uh, your client uh, your audience hears that. <laughs> you guys, you guys suck. Okay. That's no, pretty much what you what said. People yeah. know what I think, and I'm not afraid to talk about it because we have a lot uh-huh. of people in sourcing, and I think this is happening globally, who believe that they matter and they are important and their opinions matter and their opinions are what's important in sourcing. I don't think that's true. I think sourcers should learn to be more authoritative, to tell companies how to treat their candidates, but I think at the same time, sourcers have to let go of their own egos because our value to the company is lies only within being able to bring in candidates to that company. Yeah, I don't understand what you're talking. I'm going to move on. Okay, you finally you got passionate. I don't know what you're. I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. Okay, although you did say on your blog that recruiting yeah. managers don't know anything about sourcing, even if they maybe they never did, and by the time they become managers, it was long ago, so they're not up to date. So they should give their uh, sourcers a free hand and, and just try to keep them happy. That's essentially what you you've got a big message about that. Am I right? Yes. And that's it. You're just going to agree with me. Okay, fine. Okay. I mean, what about yeah. this? What do you expect Go ahead. to say? I agree. That is what I said. I stand by it. I agree with it. Okay. Should companies make salaries public? There's, interestingly enough, there's legislation being prepared in Poland to force companies to do this. Um, I don't think you can force people to do this because the salary ranges will be very misleading. They will not tell anyone anything if you force companies to do this. I personally don't think it's a necessity. Okay. Why will they be misleading? Because the, the range will be so large that it won't, so, it won't really yeah, exactly. be a, a guide? What? Exactly. Okay, exactly. What about women? Are they uh, getting lower offers than men? Is that your experience? Well, I only have experience as a woman, so I don't know what you want me to compare it to. Well, as a recruiter, maybe you're, you tell you, I don't know if you've ever been a recruiter from what you said a few minutes ago, but have you seen any offers go by that and, and you see women? I guess you don't have a comment on it. Some people say so that women Poland, get... In yeah. Poland, I got salaries that I know were top of the range for my employers. In the UK, yeah. I think I was very much underpaid, but I don't think it's just because I'm a woman. I think it's because I was Polish. I just came into the country. Uh, so for my first job... I asked below the salary ranges for the role, and my manager actually told me ask for more money um, in the interview. And then for the second job, I asked for an increase, but because my first pay was not very high, it wasn't a huge amount. Mm, I got to tell you, your English is beautiful. Uh, it's fantastic. Okay, so uh, you could come and work in, in North America uh, anytime. Yeah, I would want to. It, with a, but 
Thanks. Okay, I didn't say you want to. You've got your own following there in Poland. Okay, I just said you could because your English is terrific. Okay, now uh, and, and uh, maybe maybe you learned that in England. I don't know if you went there with that. There's no, I can't see no, any reason. No, I did. I learned that in Polish. I watched okay. a lot of American TV. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Okay. So. So. Okay. So, what about though uh, women as negotiators? You make yourself sound kind of meek. And that's the message we're getting on the media as well, that women, you know, they don't ask for enough money and they won't press, whereas men will. I think um, negotiation is a skill. The best business book I read recently is one about negotiations, and I'm trying very hard to learn this. Um, And I think I'm doing better now. Uh, I don't think men are always better at it. I think it depends. Um, okay, so you have no strong opinion about it, okay? That's that's what I think. Not take. really, yeah, no. Sometimes also, I do, you know what? I don't really – I think as long as people educate themselves around how to negotiate, I think it yeah. doesn't really matter whether they are women or not. I just think no one does a lot. Does anybody on the line have an opinion about that, that men uh, negotiate more than women? Women, you know, they just take it. They, they take less the than they deserve. recent studies indicate the recent studies have indicated that, unfortunately, that. Yeah, but what about our personal experience? Does it validate that? There's all kinds no. of stuff that I read about no. in these studies that I say just that's nonsense. Well, Are they living on Mars? Well, for me in, in construction, I'll tell you that the women negotiate just about as well as the men. They negotiate hard, they negotiate professionally, and they negotiate smart. Okay, yeah. uh, what kind of jobs are we talking about in construction? Maybe only a certain kind of woman is attracted to a construction job. What kind are of you saying that our women are? Are you saying that the women in construction are an attractive animal? I mean, I'm I'm really feeling. I, biased. I, I didn't say that. No, I didn't say they're attractive, <laughs> but they might be tougher than other women. Yeah, they might. No, be tougher. not necessarily. I think I think they're they're in they're and they run the gamut from engineers to project managers to superintendents, and they're paid quite well in the industry and and yeah. similarly to the men. And uh, I love working with them. Okay. But okay. And, you know. So you, you're, you're essentially uh, this just, is just a small subsect of, uh, you know, of the, the I guess, global yeah. offer economy, if you will. But yeah. I, I don't see that very much. But, again, I, I have a very limited view. I don't know how Also, you're dealing with women. You're, Michael G. Cox, you're dealing with women who are salespeople. So they also yeah. have a, uh, presumably a, a, an orientation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, and, okay. I actually have I, the I largest do, I do have... offers that I've made in the past, uh, I'd say, six, seven months have all been to to uh, women, but uh-huh. it's more based on their experience than than anything else. And do they laugh at do you? Ever, do they ever laugh at you when you make the offer? And you, they say, "You got to be kidding! Come on!" And is that kind of are they are they aggressive negotiators? Yeah, I would say they're aggressive negotiators. I don't think I've ever had anybody laugh at me. But, uh, I don't. I don't think that's part of the negotiation skill packet that you would receive. But the okay. um, yeah, yeah, the the largest offer that I've made actually came, went to a a woman with just a, a metric ton of sales experience. So. Okay. Speaking of metrics, I'm going to ask Cassia, Kasia about what metrics she re- uh, recommends. But first, I want Alan was saying something a minute ago, and, and Michael G. Cox uh, aggressively spoke over him, which is fine for this show. Go ahead. Very no, fine. No, he it, it was covered. Oh, it was covered. Okay. Yeah, Mike, oh, Mike, Mike's comment was good. Kasia, 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 still there? Why didn't she answer me? Am I am I deaf or something? I mean, is she still there? I'm still here. Is anybody? Well, why don't you say yes? I'm here. Okay. I do. How do I, I know? Do. I can't see you. Okay. What do you think about bad managers driving recruiting? I read that 75% of people quit their jobs because of their direct line manager. 65% of Americans say that they'd rather change their boss than get a raise. That means that bad leadership is the number one reason for voluntary turnover worldwide. Do you agree with that? I, I'm not surprised by it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think 
people management is not something you are born with, you know, it's skills that you have to acquire. And uh, I don't see many companies doing a lot around uh, teaching people, people management. So naturally, if you are, say, an amazing recruiter, and uh, all of a sudden, I tell you, oh, you're not just responsible for your own results now, but you're also going to get a team and you have to make sure that they all perform well, you're going to hate it. And if you hate it, you're going to suck at it. And everyone else is going to hate you as a manager. Yeah. Okay. That's not the question I was asking. But, <laughs> but here's the thing. <laughs> that you, you're, you seem to be dealing with more corporate uh, recruiters than agency recruiters. But for an agency recruiter, you have to find out what the culture of the uh, manager is, uh, what she likes, how she manages. So my, my thought is that you have to have a checklist. They, if you say man, Miss, Ms. Manager or hiring manager, what's your management style? They really won't have much to say. So you have to go in with a, a checklist and say, you know, are you a micromanager? Are you a hands-off manager? Do you manage with uh, um, rewards and praise, or do you manage with, uh, you know, fault-finding? And, uh, and you have to you go through a list, right? You should uh, ask people if they are micromanagers. That is probably the silliest thing I've heard you say. You can't ask people that because they know it's a negative thing, and they're not going to say, yeah, that's what I do. Does anybody agree with her? Yes. It's, it's not a good question. Are you a micromanager? Do you like yes, to keep terrible. a close? Uh, you can I'm going to tell you what I guess. You, got, I, you can ask a micromanager, and they're going to say, no, I'm not a micromanager. I'm just yeah. on you nonstop. <laughs> Nobody's going to say yes to this. <laughs> okay, but there must be, okay, let's not use the term micromanager. There must be uh, uh, do you, uh, some other way of putting it. Do you keep a, you know, a close eye on what people are doing, or do you let them just do their own thing? I mean, there must be a way where it sounds flattering, where someone would want to say, yeah, I, I've got my, my, my finger on the pulse at all times. What, what level of management involvement in my day-to-day life could I expect when I first start here, and will that change over time? You see, the problem I have with this is that you assume that the managers themselves are the most reliable source of information, which they're not. They might be doing things they don't even realize they're doing. So they might be a yep. micromanager without even realizing that is what they you know, do. So you should probably ask someone else who is managed by that person. Well, yeah, getting, and you're getting, not really going to get that, access to them. That's difficult because you're not going to get what? access to what? that individual. You're not going to know. Access? If they are a recruiter, they are on LinkedIn, no? You might yeah, but on LinkedIn, I don't somehow. know who they report to. Here in San Antonio, we have four sales teams, and it would be very difficult to know who these individuals report to just by looking at LinkedIn profiles. Why not ask? Do you just message well, one? What do you mean? Well, hold on. I'm lost. You know, I'm lost. So what do you call? You call up somebody in the company and say, I'm a recruiter. I'm working on a search for your company. I want to get the goods through the back door about the manager. Is that what you're saying? They're going to talk to you and give you that uh, no, sensitive but... information? No, I yeah, my manager's an idiot. Don't listen to anything she says. Yeah, she's, she's nagging me day and night. I mean, I can't take a a, a day off to, to to go to my kid's baseball game. She she you know she she has a hairy canary. Okay, uh, I hate her guts, and I'll leave it the first opportunity. They're not going to tell you that. Okay, that's my. No, point. they're not. But they are going to you know tell you things that you can use as. Hint I don't think so. Going on. I don't think so. I'm just going to rule you out as wrong. You can't call people up on LinkedIn and say, I'm recruiting for your company. I want the inside dope. No way. And I'm going to do an ad, okay? Hone it. H-O-N-E-I-T. <laughs> it's phone interview technology. You know what it does? It records and transcribes your phone interview so you can enjoy your conversations instead of taking notes and worrying that you're missing something. And everything is searchable after. As I said, it's transcribed. All the important keywords, boom. Even after a long conversation, you'll be able to find everything. Hone It lets you create 30-second sound bites that bring your candidate to life by letting the hiring manager hear her discuss their skills, her skills in her own voice. Okay? I had it in plural first. I was going to say, let's the hiring manager hear all the candidate's skills in their own voices, and now I just switched it to the singular, her. So, 
Anyway, they can hear your candidates, and it's exciting, okay, when you can hear the person's own voice. The system was designed by recruiters who realize that candidate conversations really count, so why not share them with everyone? Honet works with every ATS or CRM, and zero integration. That's hard for me today. Integration is required. Just connect your Google or Outlook calendar and put a Honet scheduling link anywhere in your workflow. H-O-N-E-I-T dot com, Honet. Okay, we're down to the home stretch. I had a question here, one of my favorite questions, uh, about these new words. Uh, you are a woman. Yeah. We've discussed that a number of times. Uh, and you're working in, with IT people, Kasha. I want to see if yeah. these words turn you off. Hacker, yes or no? I don't have any strong feelings about it. No strong Ninja. See, I don't think you're getting the point. I don't think I'm supposed to know about how I feel about them. I think it's more like subconsciously, if I see that in an ad, I wouldn't apply. But you can't ask me about my subconscious feelings about a word. That's not how it works. Okay, if you saw that word in any job advertisement, would you apply? I personally wouldn't apply for any ad that has any fancy titles on it anymore. Because I don't feel it's a good sign, but I overanalyze this stuff. I don't think many candidates do that. Okay. Yep. So, because like these are what about these other words like rock star, uh, ambitious, analytical, assertive? <laughs> the women don't like them. Autonomous, strong, dominate, takes risks. Oh, those are out the window. Don't use those things. So you don't want to comment. You say she's saying that she might have a reaction, but it's subliminal. Okay, so she can't. Now, I respect that answer. Okay. Well, also, what I'm saying the, is, my personal opinion does not matter. You answer you're it. Not trying to over, over. What metrics do you recommend? <laughs> We're, you're getting down to the last in a few seconds. What me- metrics do you recommend that recruiters, uh, you know? Keep track of. Okay, so for sourcers, I would say it's important to uh, work backwards from how many people do you uh, need to send messages to to have one placement. Uh, and I would look at the number of, of, of people that you find, the number of messages that you send, your response rate, um, and then how well your candidates do in the process. I would look at the ratios of like how many people get through the interviews. Okay, so let's let's go through that again. So how many people yeah. you find, that's you keep yeah. track of for one search. Okay, how many messages you send, right? Yes. That's number two. What's number three? Number, inter- number, number of interviews you get? Was that number the next three one? Is res- no, number three is response rate. So out of all of the messages that you send out, how many people will reply to you? Okay, next one. How many people uh, make it to the interview? After you've had a conversation with them. Okay. Then next. And how many people are successful after the interview? Okay. So uh, your conversation and the interview conversation with the company, you don't keep them separate. You're only measuring one interview number. Is that right? No, I would, I would say so the, between the response from the candidate and the interview, that is when the yep. conversation will happen, right? We don't actually need to know that, not necessarily, unless it's very important in the process for some reason. But you don't always need to know how, how many of those conversations you're having because the point is any candidate that is interested in the role, you're going to talk to, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I wanted to ask you about putting the, the hiring manager in her place, right? If you have two good candidates yep. and, and she says, oh, get me some more, right? What are you going to say to her? I would say I would start it earlier. I think I don't think I would probably get that question because I think it's important to assert yourself a little bit earlier in the process. A lot of recruiters, they get a request and they are told they need to find someone within the next week, for example. That is where you start building your relationship with a hiring manager. And you say, okay, great. How, much, how many hours do you have blocked out that day for candidate interviews? Normally, they don't. So you make Uh them block out the time to work with Uh you in their calendar. And if they do Uh that, then later on in the process, you have much more say in what's going on. Uh 
Okay, I discovered in the last minute of the show where your passion lies. It's pushing around the hiring manager, okay? And I wish I would have started <laughs> I wish I would have started talking about that a little while ago. Okay. Okay. Hey, you want me to find people? You give me the times today, okay? Cuz that that's absolutely necessary cuz they'll call you up yeah. and say rush, 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 and then when it gets time to interview, they drag their feet. It happens all the exactly. time. Yeah. Okay. So I'm with you on that. Kasia, it was so nice to talk to you. Is there anything you'd like to say before, before we leave? I would like to say, I can't believe I've waited years to do this. <laughs> it wasn't that hard, right? You know why? Because no, Jerry wasn't here. Jerry wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the meanest. Michael G. Cox, Kathy Mannis, Alan Floor, everybody, thank you. And, and Kasia, what's your, what's your website going to be in the future that uh, people can find you at? That's it's going to be easier than far away. So K-A-S-I-A-T-A-N-G. Kasia Tang, thank you! The recruiting animal. <laughs> hey, I got the wrong, hey, I got the wrong <laughs> button. I got the wrong button. Where's the get off button? There it is. Here it goes. Oh, oh, can't see that.